Do we see at Groundswell this year, the 26th and 27th of June, close to London, UK? Many friends of the podcast will be there. John Kempf, Abby Rose, Benedict Berzo, Henry Dimbleby, Claire Hill, Russ Carrington, Andy Cato, Tim Coates, and many, many more. See you there. What would you do if the company you founded got sold and suddenly you found yourself not having to worry about your financial future at all? Or better, or worse, you have way too much money. So what's next? Our guests of today faced those questions and ended up starting and funding a venture and a movement in the Netherlands trying to tackle the fundamental issue, some would say the root cause of all our agriculture issues, private land ownership. He really wants you to ask the hard questions. Where did your money come from? What is enough? What would you do with the rest? And what do you want your legacy to look like? So join us in this fascinating conversation where we cover inequality, impact investing, land ownership, unsustainability, Charles Eisenstein, and so much more. This is the Investing in Regenerative Agriculture and Food podcast, Investing as if the Planet Mattered, where we talk to the pioneers in the regenerative food and agriculture space to learn more on how to put our money to work to regenerate soil, people, local communities, and ecosystems while making an appropriate and fair return. Why my focus on soil and regeneration? Because so many of the pressing issues we face today have their roots in how we treat our land and our sea, grow our food, what we eat, wear and consume. And it's time that we as investors, big and small, and consumers, start paying much more attention to the dirt slash soil underneath our feet. To make it easy for fans to support our work, we launched our membership community. And so many of you have joined us as a member. Thank you. If our work created value for you, and if you have the means, and only if you have the means, consider joining us. Find out more on gumroad.com slash investing in regenag. That is gumroad.com slash investing in regenag. Or find the link below. So welcome to another episode today with Wouter Fier. The founder of Lenteland and many other things we're going to unpack in this in this episode and a friend of the show has been supporting for a long time and was hosting us today in Blue City, which I will put a link below if you're interested in the location, uh, which is very, let's say, fitting for uh, what we are doing, although it's not in the countryside, it's in the heart of um, Rotterdam, one of the main cities in, in the Netherlands, next to the river, so we have an, uh, an okay view. We're a bit inside, but we can see the water. So welcome, Wouter. A bit of a rainy day. A bit of a rainy day. It's not amazing weather. Let's let's summarize it in that way. It's very Dutch. It's good for the soil. Let's keep it that way because we had a very, very long drought. Um, But it's, uh, yeah, it's pouring outside, basically. But I'm very happy to to have this interview, which has been a long time in the making. And I'm very curious to unpack your journey into soil and land ownership, mostly. So welcome to the show, Wouter. Thanks, Kun. Nice to be on your show, finally. And to start with, with the personal question we always start with, um, why soil? How did your, your twist and turning journey ended up on, on agriculture, food, and then specifically land ownership? Yeah, so I don't think um, I'm really deep into soil. I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'm a kind of an entrepreneur and I've developed a model now that, 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 um, that evolved around um, developing regenerative community farms. But I think the first seed was planted when I saw uh, the famous documentary of John Liu. Um, I think more than 10 years ago, um, Hope in a Changing Climate, and um, in which he uh, documents the regeneration of the Lus Plateau. 
And we have, um, in Holland, we have VPRO Tegenlicht, the famous uh, 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 show that looks into all kinds of themes. Um, and they made a few episodes about this documentary. Um, I, I think they were called Green Gold. And I saw them about 10, 11 years ago in a phase where I was taking steps back from the company I had. And uh, I think that that's the first seed. And you remember seeing that because it's interesting many times on this podcast, it's yeah, a documentary or it's a, it's a movie or a book even or, or photographs that trigger something, but it's often visual, very interestingly, although we're on an audio medium now. Did it trigger already something like your entrepreneurial mind or was it more oh, wow, this is possible because it's really like the, if, if you haven't seen it, I'll put a link below. Um, the, the before and after is, is beyond stunning. Like it's, the, it's, it's amazing what has been done in, in China in that period. But what triggered it for you? Was it, oh, this is cool. And then the next day is, of course, you were back and running your company mm. or, oh, there should be something there. Did it become a bit itchy as an entrepreneur? Like, oh, if, if that's possible there, why not other places? It didn't trigger any entrepreneurial thought yet, although almost everything d does. So I think I've been a born entrepreneur. Um, I, I didn't know that when I was born, but I was I was always thinking about things that that I could do differently. And, and then I was when I was in university a year before I uh, I finished. I was studying mechanical engineering in uh, in, in Delft, and then I start, started my first business, an, an employment agency. Um, and at that time I was, like I said, taking the steps back and thinking about new plans. I took, uh, um, it took about two, three years. And when I saw it, I mainly was, I was struck by, by the, the, the quantity of problems that could be solved if we, um, do things differently with land. It's not just a regeneration of land and, 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 and good for, for like for biodiversity and, and uh, carbon storage and water management, but it also brings back, uh, um, community. It brings back economy. It brings, it brings back life basically to, to, to that piece of land. It brings back life. So, and, uh, but, And in the years after that, so it, it, I think two years later, I my search resulted in uh, a big new adventure uh, that's called iFund. And um, maybe we can talk about it a bit more, but iFund is a foundation I started then and I, I, I donated um, a lot of my, uh, my money to the foundation. And with the foundation, we started investing in startups that accelerate the sustainability transition. And all these times with iFund, uh, I, it, 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 it was in the back of my, my head that I wanted to do something with, with land and regenerating land, but it didn't fit the, um, the purpose of iFund. So with iFund, we were investing in, in, in companies, in startups, in businesses, and not in, not, and not in projects, not in, not in land-based projects. So it took a while for, um, for this seed to, to bloom into something else. Yeah. And, and what triggered that, the blooming? Because seeds can be dormant for, for many years and yeah. decades and, and potentially even hundreds of years. So what, 
What triggered that? Well, that some, some, some more seeds, actually. So this was one important seed that, that, that is on the foundation of Lentland. And uh, to put it in perspective, so this was, I think, 2011, maybe. And then in 2021, uh, I started uh, Lentland. Um, in 2000, 2014, I started iFund. And I've been working hard uh, and, and intensively on iFund and all side projects that, that came from iFund for the, the years after that. And one other seed is, I think, the way I look at the financial system. So I always try to look at things in a systemic way and, and, and not to... So that when you try to solve something, you're not solving... Um, uh, you, 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 you're not solving some consequence, but, but you want to solve kind of the root cause, you know? So I've been thinking about the financial system for a long time. And um, also because I, I made a lot of money from, from, from my company. And it was always a bit strange to me to, to think about what does it mean? What does this money mean? What, what, what does it mean when you, when you have more wealth than you need. Um, and while one of my conclusion uh, after, after years of, of studying that is that all the, I mean, the two main problems in the world, I think, are inequality and unsustainability. And both uh, find their origin in the, in the financial system. Um, so... One other seed is my conviction that um, there's, there are some big mistakes in that system. Um, and the financial system, I mean, money is, is, is a very handy tool to, to, to trade so that people can specialize. But I think it wasn't designed or meant to um, accumulate a, a wealth. And that property of money has um, infected um, all other kinds of things, among which uh, land. So the fact that that is now 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 we find it normal that um, um, when you possess something, it should um, it should give you an advantage. You you should be paid for that, or or, or you you should accum- accumulate something. So if you own a lot of money and people need it, they should pay you rent. If you own a lot of land uh, and someone wants to use it, they, they, they should pay you rent. If you own a lot of houses and someone wants to, want to use it, they, they have to pay you. And I think that's a big mistake. And the underlying um, question is also how, how does someone, usually one person, accumulate so much? In, in some cases, during his or her, and in many cases his, Lifetime with a lot of luck and hard work. I'm not saying, it, but definitely a lot of luck. But also in many cases, just because you were born in the right family. Yeah, yeah, because you're very, Pure, lo- because you're very lucky. Because <laughs> And then you, you keep know, going. The, the economic, the economic game we're all playing um, uh, gives an advantage to the ones that, that are already in front. So then it's easy to accumulate more. But going back to, to Lentland, one of the aspects where, where, you, where you see this is, is, of course, land ownership. And we find it so normal that land is, is privately owned. But um, 
the other day, one of my children uh, was on the internet and said, hey, dad, you can, you can buy a piece of the moon. Look, here's the website and there are certificates and everything. And, um, and I was laughing a bit and he said, no, really, really, it's, it's, it's authentic and you can buy a certificate. And, and I said, okay, and who are you buying it from then? So, but that sounds, of course, that's ridiculous, but why is it different on earth? Do you want to learn how to invest or are you an entrepreneur and want to build companies in the regenerative food and agriculture space? Or do you work in big ag and big food and want to really move the needle? We have developed a new video course for you. Find out more on investinginregenerativeagriculture.com slash course or in the show notes description below. Or the bottom of the sea or or the air and, and... But do you remember, because going from questioning and, and unveiling some very big mistakes in the economic system to land ownership might seem in, in hindsight a very logical steps, but do you remember when you sort of, I wouldn't say clicked, but look at that core problem of, wow, ownership is actually like private ownership of many things, which we've never done until very, very recently. Let's not, like, this, this is not a, uh, something that has been around for millions of years. Do you remember when that click, was there another documentary or a book or was it a slow? No, I think there was a third seed. It's land. And we needed a third. So the first seed was this documentary about um, regeneration on a large scale. The second seed was this realization that um, uh, land ownership is a strange thing. And also, you know, of course, it's... You can't go into farming if you're not rich or born in a, in a, in a farmer's family. And there are so many young people that want to start a CSA or go into farming, but they can only uh, lease a small plot of land and two years afterwards they get kicked off. So they never can start growing like, um, uh, uh trees, uh, everything. They have to stick to, um, uh, what do you call one year um, annual, vegetables, an- annual vegetables maybe some chickens that's more yeah. as the, like perennials is, is risky <laughs> yeah. asparagus maybe but yeah it's a it's a very limited because you get kicked out yeah. for some development so and then the the third seed was actually um more of like a, a, a private plan that i that i had for for years because you know, from 2011 to 2014, I was really looking into, okay, what do I want to do? And I was looking at all these reading books, watching documentaries, um, like trying to really feel what, what kind of big transitions are coming towards us. What problems are we going to face? And, um, and you know, what I saw was, were we going to face water shortages and we're going to have water wars? We're going to face food shortages. We're going to face energy crises. Everything, I mean, and in 2022, you can <laughs> pick yeah, any paper. Summer wasn't and, easy for Pick, pick any page. And uh, there are three, uh, three news items about this. It wasn't like this 10 years ago, but I felt that it was coming. And, and oh, one side of me uh, is, has been working for 10 years to, on a really small scale, help start up some businesses that, you know, help us find a soft landing after we, we, we go through these transitions also maybe to, 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 to soften them a little bit. But I also had this urge to buy a piece of land myself and be, 
um, self-sufficient there. So um, grow or, grow my own food, harvest my own rainwater, um, uh, have uh, some uh, uh, some trees to 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 make my own heat. Everything. Also, because I, I'm, I was a little bit scared of where the world was going. Um, so it's also, there's also kind of a, a little prepper uh, in, in me, like a prepper mentality. You were like looking at New Zealand, like some, some other That's richer not people? That's the, 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 not the prepping way where you um, uh, have a closet full of, full of guns and, uh, and container storage and, uh, and barbed wire fences around your plot. No, I think... Um, so... Yeah. So you were on the market, you were actively looking at places because I remember this, this period, we, we, we've known each other for quite a while that you were looking, okay, where can I be where seawater rising is not, we're in a country which half of it is practically yeah. under sea level and not now, but in the future or when the dikes break. So you were looking at plots of land a bit higher, a bit away, like strategically looking, okay, where do yeah, I want to be? Yeah, even before that, I realized also when I started iFund and the, the companies that we're invi- investing in with, with iFund, we've been doing that now for eight years, uh, we were also always looking at these these entrepreneurs and, and asking ourselves, are they contributing to a world that we see in front of us like in, in 20 years where this globalization is a bit, a bit something of the past and it's not like everybody is, is, is growing their own food and, and making their own energy, but it's more like uh, we do, like uh, my vision is a regional uh, economy where everybody knows where their food comes from. So you don't have to make everything yourself, but you know where it comes from. You know where your energy comes from. You know where your water comes from. You know where your resources come from. And so that's also kind of... Um, um, yeah, how do we become? How do we become more resilient? So my own drive to become more resilient, and 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 um, also thinking that a, a, a more resilient world for everybody is is more beautiful. And and, and um, so that's a, that's the third seat: the, the the urge to to be more resilient, not just for me, but but for for the world. So that's that's the the resilience thing, the the financial system thing, and and and, and the land ownership. And then uh, watching what what regeneration uh, can do. And then I think in 2020, those three uh, came together. Yeah, Because it went from, I would like a place for myself and my family and and be resilient in that that, family sphere, let's say, to something a bit bit bigger. A bit bit broader than that. So I was was, was having, making plans about a a small eco village. Um, let's, Let's call it that. Yeah. And then how did it go from there? Of course, your entrepreneurial mind started to to knock on the door and say, yeah, but about there, well, uh, that's first, probably not the only person that first, wants it. Actually, I was, uh, as you said, I was actively look. I, I started that a few years ago. And then in 2020, with, when the COVID crisis hit, uh, I picked these, those plans up again because they were in the fridge. And then um, I started actively looking for, for land. Also, like you said, above uh, uh, sea level, because we, um, one of the, of course, of course, indigenous um, uh, practices is looking seven generations ahead, two, uh, 200 years. So 20, uh, 2020, 2020, uh, sorry, 22, 22, yeah. Nobody talks about 22, 22. You know, everybody talks about 2030 or 2050. But um, in Holland, most of the country is below sea level and um, sea level is rising quickly. I think it should, it's a wise thing if you look like 100 uh, or 200 years ahead that you build something um, that's above sea level. So that, 
And yeah, it started with actively looking for something for my small eco-village. And then I thought, uh, when I actually find something now, who is going to buy that? Because you went back to and your land ownership and question, of course. And that's a difficult question once you are so convinced that this system is flawed. And then you're looking for something for yourself. And then you find something. In, and then you vision, you vision yourself sitting at the notary. Who is going to be on that deed? So that couldn't be me. And then, um, because n not only because of this, but uh, this um, uh, um, conviction about land ownership, but also the question, what happens when I'm gone? And then there's this beautiful eco-village, and then I'm gone. And then maybe my children think it's, this is all bullshit and they, they cancel everything. That's not the way uh, things Because they want to buy some, some pieces on the moon. You yeah. don't know, you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. They need some liquidity. <laughs> Or on Mars. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. ownership structure, especially in the longer, also in the short, because we're all convinced about our own um, uh, convictions and we're fine and etc. But things change, life changes, situations change, longer term, everything changes. Yeah. So how do you make sure that the, 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 we get to the steward ownership piece, of course, that the stewards of the land are yeah. able to steward the land long term and are not selling to buy pieces yeah. on the moon or somewhere else yeah. or do whatever. So... That led to a sort of existential crisis. Like, who's going to actually buy it? Who's going to sign? Yeah. So, and and uh, luckily, I already had uh, done this before because in 2014 I founded a foundation, and I donated my uh, a big portion of my money to the foundation, so it wasn't mine anymore. And then with the foundation, we started doing all these impact investments and building a team. And now we're iPhone is. Five people have been, we've done more than 20 investments. And when I, when I die, nothing happens. You know, there's, there's no. no a lot no, happens, no, it continues. Well, yeah. it, it, it continues. Yeah, nothing has to be sold or it, it's, it's, not, it's so easy. There's a board in the foundation. And of course, I'm in the board. And then um, uh, I can't do that anymore. But everything goes on. And that's, I think. Um, more investments and entrepreneurial things should should go that way. So um, the, the the question wasn't really difficult for the for the eco village um, or for my personal project. I had to start a new foundation. Um, so I was making plans for the new foundation, and in the meantime, I was talking to all kinds of farmers and other initiatives and projects in Holland um, that were doing something with regeneration, something with land ownership, something with small community farms, etc., etc. Um, and I was getting more enthusiastic, more enthusiastic every, every, uh, with, after every appointment. And at that moment, I thought... Um, and then the company I still uh, was, uh, uh, I, I sold in 2015 for the major part. I still had some um, loans and earnout arrangements uh, there and they got paid out in, um, uh, at the end of 2020. And then I thought, I don't need this money. I'm going to put that all into this new foundation and then we can start at least four of these projects and not only one for myself. <clears throat> um, of course, uh, 
This, this, this was the moment where my wife thought, oh no, here we go again. <laughs> this is not the first time. It's yeah. going to uh, be... Uh, uh, she was already envisioning <laughs> the eco-village and, yeah, and yeah, finally yeah, about place, like slowing for, down a bit. For the, for the two of us and, uh, and some... Uh, yeah. So then it became a new... Like, well, actually, it's a new venture. It's a new... And it's a foundation, but it feels like, it feels like a business. So I started the foundation Lenteland, and again uh, I made a pledge to donate um, a lot of money to the foundation, 10 million actually. And um, in the meantime, I I developed uh, ideas about what we're going to do and how we're going to set up these farms and and run them and find farmers for them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah. Now, fast forward, we're talking the end of 2022. Um, you bought two farms. One yeah. is fully up and running, or is, is in the process of getting up and running. And two are, talk, uh, they're, yeah. they're both, are they're both in are, kind of in the startup so phase. But yeah, we have farmers and they're doing things. Let's talk about the, the one um, that's mostly in the news, let's say. Maybe yeah. I can say a little yeah. bit more about, about, uh, about the model, because... Um, the, 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 the idea is uh, we have farms of 10 to 20 hectares um, and there has to be uh, a house. So, and that's a little bit difficult because we, we can't find a third and fourth farm now. We're looking very hard, but it's so difficult to find plots of land that meet our criteria. So it has to be, there has to be a house. It has to be above, uh, above sea level. Um, it has to be kind of in the vicinity of enough people so you can uh, have um, a short uh, short food uh, food chain. Um, and every farm, um, is, it's not owned by the foundation, but the foundation starts a new co-op, cooperation, cooperative. a cooperative. And then the cooperative, uh, we finance the cooperative with loans and the cooperative buys the land and the house and... Um, uh, the farmers get into in the cooperative, and then the cooperative starts uh, after uh, after they've started the business. They offer certificates to uh, the community, and so then the community slowly but steadily um, becomes owner of the cooperative, and then the loans get repaid to the foundation, and then we can start more farms. So it started with an idea of so now we can do four. They thought, and that's of course, not then it evolved into <laughs> yeah. a model that, that that we thought maybe maybe we can make a lot of lot more if if people also want ownership of the, of these of these farms. And so the model is really you with the foundation basically kickstart these uh, these locally owned not futurely locally owned farms that set up their own cooperative, manage locally. Of course, there's um, all kinds of governance structures yeah. there to make sure it doesn't get sold, yeah. doesn't become a, a villa area, doesn't etc. 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 Will be farmed with the best regenerative practices we can we imagine, can't, and we can't make profits on uh, added of, or of value, uh, um, a rising value of the land. So no speculation. No speculation. And then slowly, when you you bought the, the piece of land, because of course like buying land in the Netherlands and many other places, when they are in the market, you need to step in. It's not that you can spend six months raising money from the crowd locally, et cetera, et cetera. No, you buy it, you start it, and then slowly, hopefully the local community steps in and starts buying certificates, hold that ownership, can get out as well if they want to at some yeah. point, but it will never be sold, it will never be speculated with the land itself. And you hopefully get your loans back and do it again, do it again, repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah. 
And then, so we're now in the middle of that process actually with, yeah. with two farms, which is very exciting. So how is that going? What are, I mean, let's say, let's start with how is it going and then how did that happen? Because um, yeah, buying two farms like that is, is not no small feat and finding farmers to farm it is, is even more difficult. So what, uh, what are we looking at now at the end of 2022? So, um, well, finding farmers, uh, uh, that's, that's a nice process. Uh, I think both, both processes took about, I think, I think about three months. So, um, um, and yeah, for, for both farms, we, we found great farmers. Um, and well, let's take the farm in Holland. For example, one is in, uh, in uh, Belgium and one is in Holland. Let's, let's take that, for example. We have uh, uh, two guys there. They're living there with their families and um, uh, they're involved in the community. They're building a market garden. They're building... Um, Plucktuin, uh, harvest garden, harvest garden with, with fruit and berries, uh, etc. And in the meantime, uh, we also built our own uh, crowdfunding platform. <laughs> you're going to see he's laughing. Let's say your software background comes back in that. Yeah, you yeah, had to yeah. build your own platform, yeah, of course. Yeah, I had to build my own platform. And, uh, it's making the world out. a bit more complicated. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's nice to have your own platform if you if you want to do things in a, in a, in a specific in a specific way. So yeah, and now we're um, in in the, the the crowdfunding has started about five weeks ago, six weeks ago. We're halfway there um, of the first tranche. In the end, we have to fund, I think, two point eight million euros for this farm, uh, of which 81 percent goes into the, um, the 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 ground and the buildings, and we have the to land renovate. Land is not cheap. Land is not cheap, no. and renovation is not cheap. We have to build another house there. Um, and the rest, 19%, is uh, meant for, you know, starting up the business, working capital, um, plants, seeds, uh, machinery, etc. And so it's a very exciting and scary time at the same time because all of your plans and then, okay, how does it work with the foundation, setting up the farm, and then hopefully the community steps in, or in general, the community doesn't always have to be, obviously, people locally that are also customers no, and clients, no. can be anybody. Yeah. We personally uh, also invested hopefully steps in enough to allow you to do more than four because yeah. otherwise, yeah, it will be four, which is amazing, which is still a lot of impact, but yeah, you're targeting 40 plus and, and much more, of course. So what, what are the lessons learned until now? Is land ownership, I would say, sexy enough? Is it like, is it hitting a nerve you feel or is it also, is it, is it tricky? I think we can't generalize the lessons yet because it's so context specific. Um, and I think the context for this farm is that it's in really a rural, rural area where uh, everybody knows know, know each other and um, they, they all, all help each other, but they're also a little bit um, hesitant. hesitant. And, you know, the way we are farming there, that's not something they know and n not necessarily something they believe in. Um, and So you're looking at the... The weird ones from the, the back to the land movement, as we discussed in the yeah. interview on duck eggs, like you're, ah, yeah, there are another few people that buy a few hectares. They're going to yeah. try something. Yeah. Let's give them a few years and, and let's see what happens. From was this quote, they, 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 uh, they, they come in a car they and come go back by fancy bike. car yeah. and they leave on their bike. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so let's, uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. But there's a, of course, a resistant and very understandable rural versus urban because usually it's been that way. 
Yeah. Usually fancy people come from the city and claim all kinds of stuff, fancy between brackets, claim all kinds of stuff. We do it differently. We come and help you, blah, 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 blah. And uh, that, that usually turned out to be a bit different. Yeah. And especially if you're doing very different egg practices, of course, it, it looks, feels, smells completely different. Uh, so we invested a lot of time in getting to know all these people and hearing them and, 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 and hearing their, their doubts and explaining what we're going to do. And that actually went, went very well. Um, but investments from really the local local community, only the people that, you know, the 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 family of the former owner and the neighbors, uh, they did something. But most people in that rural community, they think oh, we already have a plot of land and we grow our own food. Why why should we invest uh, invest there? And I think also that um, the investments from the really local local community will only start to go when maybe after a year or two when they actually see what's what's going on Still there. Around. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so most investments now come from people that are a little bit further away. Um, and well we're halfway our first target. We we, we targeted the first uh, campaign on 350,000 euros. So we're halfway there now. Um, Of course, we hoped that everything would go a lot uh, uh, faster, but I'm still very happy that we're here and we're learning a lot of things and uh, learning how how to tell our story because it's a complex uh, 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 story. We we didn't we didn't choose an easy model because I mean the reality is complex and and it's it's about land ownership, it's about regeneration, it's about um, a cooperative and a community. It's about knowing where your food comes from. It's about non-speculation. It's it's it's, it's and all this transparency and all the things we we have in there. It doesn't make it an easy story. It's not an easy fifty-second video on your crowdfunding platform that explains it all. And and now yeah. and for example, we we were very close to starting something in um, Utrecht province, um, where there are a lot of Well, it's it's not so rural, but uh, and and I I think if we start a cooperative there, it would be very easy to to fund that in in a matter of months and uh, for for the for the full amount. So, I think it will we will learn in a few years where what our um, uh, story should be dependent on the context. Yeah, and and of course you didn't choose and. You chose a difficult route, very understandably, but like, like a friend of ours, both of ours actually, Thomas Ripple, they work with farms already existing. Yeah. Like there is a community already that's been built over years yeah. that have been buying from them, have been working there. Kulturland. Yeah. Kulturland. So there's, there's, there's already that mycelium network that, that will respond to something interesting and useful and relevant, etc. In this case, you have to build all of those connections from the beginning and then you come with an ask, which of course is very, is very challenging and, and needs time. All of these things... Uh, unfortunately always need time um but that's yeah luckily you have the time or i mean we're running out of time but you have the time to experiment to see to fine-tune your your message and and see that and in terms of the farmers in this case because they build their life on that land yeah. and of course you don't want to kick them off after two years like how involved are they in like how how much of it can they actually see the land as their quote-unquote land. Of course, it's not their land. It's all of our land and it will never be speculated and sold. But how much can they really act as if it's their land and how protected are they from the normal, unfortunate leasing uh, or 
um, leasing structures where yeah you can be kicked off any time and, and thus you won't never invest in regenerative practices. Mm. Um, I'm not sh- sure what you uh... like. How involved are the farmers? Like the two that are now the farm farming on the farm in the Netherlands and and the one in Belgium. Um, are they on a yearly contract? How involved? <coughs> ah, are they? How much can right, they act yeah. like it's their land? Well, they're, they're first of all, they are part of the cooperative, and they're 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 a member of the cooperative, and they have a, a specific member type that's meant for farmers. Then we have a member type <coughs> that's meant for the foundation, and then we have a member type that's meant for the for the community and the investors. And uh, the member type they have give them uh, the right to be in the board of the cooperative and make all all the daily uh, decisions. It's not um, that I can come as an investor. I don't want carrots, but I want uh, no. you to grow no. this. Like no. that's not no. the no. so uh, they decide what they're going to grow and 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 how etc. And at Lentland, we have a lot of experts that help them um, make make uh, decisions, and we can give them advice. And of course, it's um, it's a wise thing for them also to ask their uh, certificate holders uh, and their community uh, what they want to eat. Of course, um, in, in theory, they can stay there forever. In theory, they can stay there forever. Um, Lentland, the the the, the foundation. Uh, can um, uh, send them away, but only if, and that's all documented, uh, if they breach, um, you know, the, the agroecological principles or some other essential things for uh, the, the cooperation. Um, so they really feel ownership. And that's also what we find important, that they're not... Um, that is not. It's not just a job, and they get paid for forty hours a week, and then um, uh, they're they're gone. So they're, that's why we want them to live there, and we want them to feel like they 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 own the place. Um, how we do that is, um, and so so one way is to to give them a contract, and then they're just a paid worker. The other end is. Uh, they have to lease the land themselves and, and and start their own business and take all the risks. So we we we're, we're a little bit in the middle there. Um, so we give them a basic income, and of that basic income they can they can live, but not more than that. So they can't buy anything new. They can't go on holiday, but they can they can live. They get this basic income. Um, uh, until the uh, cooperative starts making enough money and making a little bit profit, and then they, their income rises to um, a kind of a normal income. And then after that normal income, they get 20% of all the profits above that. And 80% of the profits of the cooperative go to the certificate holders. So that way they have like a safe basis to, to, to start their own uh, farm. The first profit uh, adds to their income, and then they have normal income, and they still, um, you know, if they do it really well, they are incentivized. Uh, yeah, yeah, they are incentivized. And so, taking a step back and looking at what you've learned now, what would you tell other impact investors or other investors looking for um, influencing, let's say, this this land ownership discussion? Um, of course, without giving them investment advice, because that's not what we do. Um, but what would you tell them to to look for or to read or where to go to to learn more or where to go and, and, and to start? 
if they want to be active, if they have this urge like you, you had and have as, a, as an entrepreneur and investor? Yeah, I, I, it's a difficult question because I think I'm more of an entrepreneur than I'm an investor. Uh, luckily, I have some money to invest, but then, then I invest, then I see an, uh, an opportunity to, to start something and then um, I invest in that. So I don't know what a passive investor actually uh, uh, could do, but, but find other entrepreneurs that they, uh, that, 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 that they believe in. And it's, I think it's also a question of what kind of investor are you and what do you, what do you want with your investment? And, and what, so that, this brings me back to my thinking about the financial system and what, what do you do when you have too much money? And too much is not a light word. You know, you can, you can simply calculate what you need for yourself and maybe you want you want to give your kids a, a, a nice nice start in life but everything above that you can't take it with you when you're six feet under you know so what do you want with that what, what and what is it and 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 how how did you get it and where did it come from and and why are you afraid to lose it why, why do you want to make more with with something you never can spend so the question so that Joseph the Eisenstein also at. says, do you want more money or do you want more ecology? And I, I'm not arguing that you should just give it all away. Um, but what I do is I invest that excess money in something that... I mean, I can lose it. And then, and then I've actually, I've lost nothing because uh, I, st I already had that piece that I needed for myself. Um, but I'm just, I'm going to start someone and start, you know, buy a piece of land and just pay people to do the right thing there and then try to make a business around that and, and see where that gets you. And, and hopefully you're building something that adds value to the lives of the people around it. And then, and then they will pay you for that, you know, but... You can't calculate that exactly when you when you when you start. So you're saying the the so, question before is actually, who are you serving? And Charles said it on, on our podcast. I think who are you serving? Ecology or money? Like who's your 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 master? And like what is enough? Where did it came from? In this case, yeah. from from a company and very lucky. I mean, you worked really hard, but got very lucky and suddenly accumulated way too much money for one person or one family to ever spend and we've seen many examples actually that going where that goes really really wrong so you're saying go to go a few steps back like what does this mean where does it come from how much is enough and then what do you yeah. do with the rest so you the the investor advice would be you know it, it depends on i mean is it okay if you lose a little bit of it if, if not, then I can't give you good advice because I think there are no more investment opportunities in this world where uh, that are safe. You know, uh, that's been, th those opportunities have, have gone uh, a long time. So what's your risk appetite? Both in ecology and in money. Yeah, but also what do you want to build? I mean, and if you, if you have money and you invest it and then like 10 years later you get it back uh, with a 50% uh, gain, then you have to think of another thing to invest it in. That, Seems very tiring. Oh man, yeah. So just put it in something that 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 builds something, creates something, and then yeah, just leave it there, you know, and 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 get the, get the gains from there or something. You know? So it's a natural bridge. 
may, may not seem like that, but what would you do if tomorrow morning you wake up and maybe get an inheritance or somehow you get access to a significant amount of money? Not that you didn't have that before, but like a billion euros, like, which used to be crazy amount. Now it's even less with all the inflation. But let's say you had a billion. And I'm not asking this for a specific euros amount, etc. but I'm asking what would you prioritize? In your case, would you put it all in land ownership? What, what would you do first? Would it enable you or would you say, actually, I don't want any of this because it's too complex? What would you do with a billion euros if you woke up tomorrow morning to in control of that, which could be the longest investments you can imagine. Like it doesn't have to be any, any fund-like returns, but what would you do? You know, I'm already doing Lentiland, you know, and I put 10 million in there. Uh, I wouldn't know what to do with 1 billion. So in my... The true answer is, if I got one billion, and that this uh, um, accounts for everybody that um, earns uh, some money, it comes from somewhere, you know. Having money and money and debt are two sides of the same medal. So basically, when you simplify it a little bit, the economy is a zero-sum game. So if you gain something, it's coming from somewhere and someone else has more debt. That's why I think people with more than enough money should also feel that they have a responsibility because your money is, came from somewhere and there's, there are now, it, it, it's, it, it, it's drained something, you know? So you have to get it flowing again. And if I got a billion tomorrow, I would, I would seri seriously think of just giving it away to, to the people that have the least. So I would just give directly, give directly to, 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 to the poorest. Yeah. And if you would be pushed to quote unquote invest, I mean, that's an investment because it for sure pays back whatever X 50 X in terms of life, safe, healthcare, environment, etc. They're very, there's very good data. Let's say give directly, uh, and provides if you if you don't know yeah, the, it's, the it's, movement. I mean, goes. it's it's. But you, what would you fight inequality? inequality. That's, that's the thing you have to do. Yeah. yeah. But if you would be forced, quote unquote, to to put your investor hat on, where would you it's focus? It's so that? difficult. Because, I know that's why I'm asking you know, the question. Uh, um, like Bill Gates is buying up farmland everywhere around the world. That's not what we want, you know? I, I, I could think, okay, I, I would buy farmland and then put it into cooperatives and neutralize the land ownership. But I don't think that's the way it should be. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be then, I shouldn't be the owner of all this land that, and then start all these farms, you know? The community should be the owner. So, um, if I were forced to invest, would you donate to like the local community around this current farm in the Netherlands to enable yeah, them to? Yeah, why would you donate it? Yeah. They, they, yeah. They, 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 can, they can buy it themselves, yeah. you know? So if I was so forced to invest it. a billion. Maybe you're the first one ever on the podcast that says, no, I don't, I, I, I don't pick up the phone. I don't, you, you can figure it out. I wouldn't know, no. Of course, and with iPhone, we invest in, 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 in startups and scale-ups, and usually we invest a few hundred K per, um, uh, per company. So I could, I could use some extra funds to uh, fund some more startups, but a billion, I wouldn't know what to do with it. So if you, if, if you would say uh, 10, 10 million, I would know what to do with it, but a billion is too much. Yeah. And we take away your fund, 
So the billion, and, and this, 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 this heavy lift on your shoulder, uh, so you can breathe again. But you do have a magic power now. You have a magic wand that you can change one thing, could be in food and egg specific, but actually, uh, let's say your, your global view and your interest in the money system and the economic system and in ecology um, makes me want to ask this question a bit wider. So if you could change one thing anywhere, even on the moon, um, what would you do? The root cause of every, every predicament we're in is the financial system. So also regenerative agriculture and all the things we're, we're, we're doing, it wouldn't be this necessary if we wouldn't have this capitalist uh, economy that's working on advertising and consumption and more consuming more than we need and this drive of um, people are being forced in competition with e with each other. We need to win from each other or from the earth. That's the only way you can survive in this, in this capitalist game. And the, the root cause of that is interest. So if I had a magic wand, I would change the property of money that's called uh, uh, interest. Before there was money, all uh, real assets in the world, they slowly um, become less valuable or you have to maintain them and it costs a lot of money or you have to guard them <laughs> with a lot of money. But every real asset doesn't increase in value. Yeah, maybe compared to the money system we have now, but in intrinsic value, everything decreases in value. Your boat, your tree, your land, your Everything, house, your house, your, everything. Your clothes. Yeah, your so maybe compared to in euros, your house yeah, but they weren't more. There, but that, yeah. but if, if there's no, no euros, your house decreases in value. Everything decreases in value. In nature, everything that's, decreases. And that's because we have a money system with a different um, eigenschap uh, uh, property, property. Than, than nature. That's why they're, they're, they're so, so much apart. If we have a money system where your money just loses 5% each year, then you're there. Then you're. Then you don't have to. Uh, then the, the the economy doesn't have to grow exponentially. Then I would loan you a thousand euros uh, easily, and when you pay me back a thousand next year, it's a good deal for me because then <laughs> then I've I've more. So then you bring uh, economy in line with ecology actually, and then um, also inequality um, uh, becomes less and less, and unsustainability becomes less and less. So you would. Use the magic wand to, to raise yeah. interest. Yeah, yeah. And I would anybody not, not interested in this it, make a make, make a negative. Neg negative interest. Anybody interested in this read Sacred Economy, Charles Eisenstein in general, um, and there's there's a lot on that as, actually. How does that like if that's the root cause? Why did you? This could be a whole different. <laughs> Rabbit hole. Why did you decide to start Lentiland? Is that an indirect way of like fixing the land ownership <laughs> discussion to uh, to fix this interest, this this positive interest, which should be negative, basically? Uh, it, um, I don't know what it does. Lentiland is also Lentiland is also um, um, it's not addressing this root cause. It's also uh, a symptom. Yeah. If I. Uh, for years, I have been thinking about uh, starting uh, a new currency, and I've I've 
research, researching it for years, made plans, made, made a coin design, everything, a coin that wouldn't be speculative, of course. That's the problem with all these uh, cryptocurrencies, that they're speculative. We're in the uh, middle of one of the big uh, yeah, fraud yeah. cases again. <laughs> yeah. um, and that uh, stimulates uh, uh, local economies at all, all kinds, of, kinds of properties. Um, Why didn't you do it? Because, uh, well, when I was going to do it the way I wanted to, I had to get a, um, a bank permit. And then I thought, no, well, let's, do, let's do that. It costs cost us something, costs some time, and then let's do it. But in the end, um, I thought that the chance that that would succeed was, you know, rounded, um, was zero. So maybe it was 0.001%, but uh, the chance was just too small. Yeah, I can't change the financial system. So yeah, I gave that up. But it stays, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, it's in your fridge, just like other plants maybe, and seeds, maybe, yeah, that, yeah, which yeah. have been there for a while. And do you see it ever coming? What would be needed or to get that chance to 10 or something that, that makes you want to give it a go? Are there conditions that need to be... Well, like what, what is the, the area needed for this seed to, to start blossoming? Because it's planted. That's, and, and with many people, I think. Yeah. Not yet. I don't know. The, 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 the forces of, of, the, of, the, of the system are, are so big. Um, one of the things, I, when I made these plans, I knew that the first years of this, this new coin would be very difficult and would be very hard. You had to push very hard to get a small base of users companies and, uh, and uh, private people and then you had to build a small economy that, that the money could also circulate and not all, uh, all end up in, in, in one place, which, which usually happens with uh, alter alternative currencies. And then the only way that it would really grow big is if, if the current system would fail. Because then what you, what you saw in Greece uh, years ago and in other, other places where the, where, the, where the currency fails, then alternative currencies have a chance. But the, 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 the current system is too easy for everybody. So, and that's also what I, when I researched all the other alternative currencies that are, that are there, uh, the only predictive value about how big they, they, they would grow is how how much um, the, 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 the group of um, uh, starters, or what do you call it, uh, that the people that started it, uh, the founders, uh, with how many they were and how long their, their stamina was, you know? <laughs> but it felt like, you know, having a balloon with a small uh, hole in it, then if At you blow point. really hard, it can get some volume, but if you stop blowing, it's, it's, it's gone. And, it's, that's, that's, that's what it probably would be. So I didn't find a way yet um, to design it in a way that, that it wouldn't be a balloon with a hole in it. It's very interesting because I suddenly remember with Thomas Ripple of Kulturland that we, he was researching a stable coin as well and was, I think, many people in the, let's say, the, not the alternative currency world, but that are deeply questioning the current economic system funnily enough, end up, or I know two of them, but they end up in, in land ownership, which is very interesting and mm. probably as a sort of roundabout way. That's why you can do something. Thing. You can do something. So that's, that's also for what I see with Lentiland. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a small, 
I don't know how to change the system. In, I don't know how to change the political system. I don't know how to change the capitalist system. I don't know how to change the agricultural system. I don't know how to change the financial system. But I do know, I think, how to how we can start a small new system where everything works in the way we want it. And that's that's also a little bit of a landland. Just just a small system with a few hundred households around a farm. And um, uh, um, yeah, and 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 maybe we can make four and maybe we can make 400 and maybe we can make 4,000 and then we don't need the existing system anymore. Because there, you can almost naturally pan it out. There will be complementary currencies born on these yeah, experiments because you're, it will be yeah. crazy to use euros for, for many of those things. Especially and when they fail, yeah. And that's not far away. I, that's my prediction. <laughs> yeah, but I think you've been saying that for 10 years. Yeah, but it's always like the moment before it seems very stable, as we just saw with a massive crypto crash. And then two days later, everything is in... Uh, in these systems are also very unpredictable, very fragile. And, and yeah, we don't know when and how it happens. But it's very interesting to see that land ownership is such a... It's probably the, the base of... of many of the speculation and many of the wealth created or quote-unquote wealth created because somebody put a fence around something mm. and said this is mine and, uh, and and now you have to pay to rent it or you have to pay to even walk on it or you have yeah. to pay to eat from it etc etc um, I think it's a it's a topic we're going to explore more and more on on the podcast as it keeps coming back as, as one of the root causes if not the and so I want to thank you so much for your time I want to be conscious of your time I don't think it's the last time we're, we're discussing uh, this topic and following Lentilon over time. So I'm very happy to, to check in at this early moment of, uh, of the journey. And thank you so much for sharing. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. For the show notes and links we discussed in this episode, check out our website investing in regenerativeagriculture.com forward slash posts. If you like this episode, why not share it with a friend or give us a rating on Apple Podcasts? That really helps. Thanks again and see you next time.